government, and this news keeps coming in as we're talking here. Can you hear me? Good morning. Good morning. All right, good. KB. All right, can you hear me? Good morning, fellas. All right, Black. All right, check. One, two, one, two. All right. <laughs> now, everybody from the 313. Put your mother. <laughs> All right, cool. My man's out getting this money this morning. Rob, uh, all right. Well, hey, Rob, I hear you laughing, but it's ain't your shit. Yeah, he's muted. Um, but I heard him. <clears throat> Now it's showing me. That was JB you heard. Oh, okay. Now he was laughing just like you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome, welcome. This is going to be we in a new whole new book, man. This is the miseducation of the Negro. And my name is Hero. I am your host today for the male book club. Uh and what's it beyond? I'll be forgetting the whole name of this stuff. What is the t- name of this joint? <laughs> Books and mail. I don't even know. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> hey, you know what? We made the name of this group. It was too damn long. It's the Books and Beyond Mail Book Club. That ain't long, bro. It's Books and Beyond ain't long, but the the Mail Book Club part is just it don't flow well. I wonder like, where that mail part. Yeah, I don't know where like, that mail. It don't flow well. <laughs> It does not flow. It, it's up. just a male book club. You don't have to say the male book club. Nah, okay. It's just books and beyond. All right. He's the admin. It's his group. It's your rap group. You named it. We'll let you have it. Uh, <laughs> we are joined today by our, our four horsemen, man. We back We back to full capacity. We got Rob in the building. We got JB and we got Black. How you guys doing, man? JB, what's good? What's up, man? Wasted a whole lot of time last weekend, but we ain't going to get into it. Did you go somewhere to get? Uh, did you go watch a baby get christened or something? Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> okay, it, we're not gonna it, get it, it. that shit. They could have did that yeah. shit on Zoom, bro. <laughs> uh, Rob, what's yeah, good? Yeah, Rob, can you hear me? What's good? Oh man, not much. Not much. Had a good Saturday. Um, finally got the results. You know, um, so woke up feeling good today. And black what you mean results? Your, your lady pregnant? Nah, 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 I'm cool on that right now. Look, Black over here making money, so I feel like we're entitled to at least 15% of whatever he's making today, because he out here making money on our dime. I'm just saying. Hey, I was thinking 20. Y'all see, you got some selfish friends in the group. I'm a a reasonable person. Find his feet. Y'all want to come to bed, Rock? Chapter one. Dear God. Can I just say that um, why do all these books feel like they was written today? Bro. Why do they feel like they were man. Rob, go ahead. Man. This is something that you was interested in. I'm going to let you take the lead on this. What was what was the thing that came out to you in this chapter? One. So in this chapter, and, and I got to quote this part of the book. I've read this part of the book at least 30 times. And, mm. and, and, and I'm quoting it. And it says, to handicap a student by teaching him that his black face is a curse and that his struggle to change his condition is hopeless is the worst sort of lynching. 
It kills one's aspirations and dooms him to bag of bondage and crime. The fact that they command, the fact that's a and they said, look, lynching ain't lynching would have never started on the outside, the outside if it didn't start in, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. That, that right there was, but it was because that concept never occurred to me. I thought lynching was like, but no, that's how lynching starts. Someone had to be. It wasn't like one day somebody woke up and was like, "We're gonna beat this motherfucker ass and then hang him up by his neck." No, like from a young age, they internalized that and they're like, "If they don't care, why should we care?" That is a great state. That is a great quote. Uh, JB, what was it about chapter one that kind of struck you? Man. <laughs> Man, a, a lot of stuff, man. Um, he goes, he goes from that social by social concept, um, you know, forcing you to have to be social and then by social at the same time. You know how to how the miseducated educated Negro is basically his own species, like a person, because you don't fit where you were, you don't fit where you what we was trying to train you to be up. You just this other person, and then we hope ultimately call you useless because there's no place for you. That is true, and I want to talk a little bit about that. I'll branch off into it. I want to branch off into the the way that we are miseducated, the ways that they talk about it. First, through our educational system, our teachers, the Bible, and this self-fulfilling prophecy that if we are doing something for us, it makes us better than someone else. The comparisons I have is FUBU versus Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger is innately known with being a whites-only type product. That's what he said. I design my clothes for white people. FUBU is literally says for us, by us, and how that mm-hmm. in itself is replicating what we are trying to disseminate or trying to separate ourselves from. And that misinformation is true. But that isn't true. It's nothing wrong with you wanting for yourself or wanting for your people. Black, was there anything in this chapter that made you say, nah, I, I'm not going? As far as what? So we're talking right now about just the selling of our education and the standards, like the way they use the Bible to corroborate that light is better than dark and the, a good slave is a subservient slave and things of that nature. Yeah. So as far as that, like, I, like, like, I, since we have the book club, I've been talking about that itself. Remember, I told y'all about the movie Purpose Over Prison, where he said people don't go to school to learn; they go to school to, to memorize. So all you learn to do is memorize what they teach you, right? So you live off of that instead of learning to learn. So basically, they teach you all the bad shit. They don't give you no education on what was before, when you were nothing, and what's to come. Just like um. Damn, what's the old white lady name that be telling them like that tell people like you don't go know, to school to yeah. learn? I know you're talking about she, the lady that make people real comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I love her, but I can, I can I, like I know her name any other time, but I just forgot her name. But she tell them like they they go to school. You go to school just to learn how to be black. It's for black people to learn how to. Is be. that Jane Elliott? Jane Elliott. Jane Elliott. Yeah, black people go to learn how to just be fucking. The worker, you know, just just the lower class, and white people learn how to go to they go to learn how to be racist. Do you feel that this? this I mean, this introductory chapter dropped a lot on us. It talked about the importance of HBCUs, but the letdowns of HBCUs. Like I remember, we had an early conversation about uh, in the first book we read, the spook that sits by the door, how 
uh, I, I went to an HBCU, but you guys didn't. And I talked about how, and uh, I remember if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, JB, you stated that the reason why you didn't want to go to HBCU is because you saw how they they you, they had you saw how they did it. You want to learn how someone else got it. You you saw their pattern. Right. But the, now, in retrospect, now looking back to it, like the statement where they made was like, without the HBCUs. We don't even get a chance to decide if we want to go to the other side. Do you have some kickback to that that past comment now? Yeah, so you know, I've even thought about it recently. Like my sister, she went, she goes to Howard now, um, and like I've thought about, like, man, I probably could have went there, but that's from my mom's perspective of telling me like go this way or go that way, you know, and I didn't really make that decision personally. So and so do you and and with all, obviously this was with utmost respect. Do you feel that that guidance wasn't the proper guidance you needed? No. So that's part of that miseducation from you know some of the miseducation my parents received. And we've talked about that a million times with my parents, um, me and my sisters, about just some things that they could have done differently, but things that we'll do differently as we kind of raise our children. Hopefully, get this one to out. <laughs> Rob, be like, don't you see? I'm talking on the phone. Like, like, <laughs> that's have, a patient. Kids, that's a patient father, right yeah, there. Kids have no respect. <laughs> kids don't want to hear it. <laughs> she said. She said, "I'm talking to you." Like, I am, I am talking. Phone. Excuse me. I am talking. I am talking right uh-huh. now. That's how. That's how she interact. Uh, Rob, how do you feel about? I want to bring up the fighting two sides and your own side at the same damn time. So the uh, educated Negro in this aspect has the responsibility of, you know, fighting his own people, crabs in the bucket. They see you coming up. They don't want to see you get there. White people don't think you deserve to be there and just period your own mental strife. The three-way fight. How do you minimize the people you're fighting in this situation? I don't know. I think I think for me personally, um, I just um, I don't know. I just feel like we built different as a people. Um, we're built to take on a lot, and we could still strive for the next thing. And I continuously remind myself of that because, to your point, in real in reality, to this day, it's still that battle. You know, where you battle with all these different. Um, these different realities to achieve a better tomorrow. And I think Dave Chappelle's SNL opening monologue spoke to that. The, Man. the coronavirus put white people in a very interesting predicament where they had never had to struggle. For the first time ever in American history, mm-hmm. white people are dying at a faster rate than any other population not any other population but their rate of death has now increased between opioid crisis covid obesity these things are catching up to them and dave Chappelle said open your eyes start learning start watching us because y'all never really gave us a hand we just had to watch y'all and make an anticipation black tell me about this this perseverance this strive what is it about black people that put us above and make us give us the ability to survive in these tough situations yeah, so what I what 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 they like what they learned later on after after he wrote this book, I don't know if it was due to the book, but you know, all a lot of black leaders and every pretty much black people period knew that they had to work 
10 times harder than white people just to be, you know, considered the same as them, just, you know. So it's always been a thing. And plus, since slavery, we know, we've been the hardest workers. So that, that wasn't a hard thing for slaves to do, to work, you know, just to work hard on the outside. Now, because you're getting paid and not beat to do it. Mm. And, you know, you got to survive now. It's now the survival is on you versus it was on you even then, though, because if you didn't work hard enough, they'd beat your ass to death. So it was just like it was something that was bred in them. They came from working when they was over there. So well, the ones that they did get from Africa, they came from working already. And the ones that were here already were already working. Yeah. It wasn't work wasn't a hard thing. It's just white people that came over here that didn't want to work. They want to put their work off on everybody else. Uh, JB, can you talk a little bit to the to the the disdain that black people have about selling to black people? It, this this was something that was brought up briefly in chapter one, but it's expanded upon in chapter three. But just real quick, like when you have a business and you don't want to fill your business with people that look like you, what is what is, what what is the side effect of that? Man, I, I think it's like, uh, I mean, it makes it really hard for those businesses to succeed. Um, you know, personally, I've been in those situations where I'm trying to sell like sell to people that look like me. And it goes back to kind of what Black look like. Like, I have to be twice as good to sell to my own people. And I got to be twice as good to sell to people that don't look like me. And I'm already starting with with a less uh, financial backing or whatever it is in the uh, opportunity that I'm going into. But to go back to kind of what Black was talking about, like a lot of this, um, you know, a lot of this stuff that they've done so much to keep us down has ultimately started to work into some of those gifts that we've started to develop over time. Like you think about, you think about breeding us and the athletes that we've become at this point. And, uh, you know, keeping us down a certain way and making us having to work hard. You know, a lot of white people don't even know what hustle is, you know, and it's just something that's ingrained into a lot of us, like naturally, because that's what we got to do to survive. So it, you know, I, I don't know if I read it in a book somewhere. I was thinking about it like you project where we where you had it at one point. Like if we ever get our hands onto the financial capital and the structure that we need and we start buying from each other to what you talking to we, what we're talking about and developing it and, you know, developing each other's businesses and things like. It, it, it becomes scary. My dad asked me one time, you know, why do white people hate us so much like <laughs> It becomes scary what we go, what we could become, you know. So we are terrifying. Hey, another people. another thing that I, I forgot to mention about Chapter One was I knew who Carter G. Wilson was before I got this book, and it didn't dawn on me until I started. You know, I read the um, the beginning of the book because I posted what like last year or the year before that, where Black History Month came from. It came from him. Mm. You know, it, it used to be like a, a it was either a, a week, right? He had it. It was, yeah, it was a, it was yeah. a week. It was a week that he had it, and then they expanded it afterwards. But it came from him, Black History. Black, it was Black History Weekend where he did a thing where he was teaching people about actual Black history outside of just the bullshit. Hmm, so th- th- I forgot to mention that when we first started. I said I was going to say that. It's funny that's how Black History Month is, is, is was created by this dude, and I never heard of him. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like I, I posted it like either last year or the year before that, but I posted that shit. Because people, we always complain about where Black history came from. Like you know, just the just the month. Like yes, yeah, the shortest month of the year. 
it wasn't even dudes. It was just a week at first. It was just this man mm -hmm. decided, he, I'm going to do this for my black people. And then it became a month. So, like, and that wasn't that long ago. He did this shit in 19, what? Was it 1920-something? It was the 30s, right? 20s and 30s? Yeah, it was early, early 1900s. Mm -hmm. So, it was not that long that we even had something like that. So, if they want to make it longer later on, do it on your own accord. You don't have to wait for nobody to, to ordain. Yeah, that, that, that it's, whole it's time saying, for you to learn about yourself. Yeah, that whole right. thing that we uh, <laughs> this is the only month y'all can talk about black history. Nah, fuck you. It's yeah. 365. <laughs> um, yeah, you, 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 can, you, you can learn about it whenever you feel hey. like it. You're getting off your ass. One thing I wanted to ask y'all like, do y'all remember when y'all was in like grammar school learning about slavery? Like, what, what was some of the feelings that y'all was thinking at that time like do y'all remember how it was even taught i said i felt like I it said, was rushed over so quickly like it was brushed over and went straight into civil war i went to a black school did you go to a black school as a kid no so so that's why yours was brushed over they, they talked about it a lot but even back then and even in high school i said to my teacher nowhere like because you like when they come up with the inventions or whatever thing that was created and they got all these white people i'm like Mm -hmm. I'm like, you think these white people created this part. stuff? Really to created make, this <laughs> to make black yeah. people to life easier? To make us nah, easier. niggas, niggas right. created yeah, everything, right. and then, uh, <laughs> then later on in life, I learned that black people wasn't able to even fucking um get patents, couldn't patent, get patents and all of that. Jack, so Dan Jack Daniels yeah. alcohol, like mm -hmm. by Facts. a black person, they just oh, now paying the respect. cotton gene by Eli Whitney. Yeah, everything that was ever made was invented by black people, bro. Because the white just got tired of doing shit easy. Like, we need to figure out an easy way to do it. So, I have an yeah. interesting perspective in that. Well, one, I didn't go to American schools. I was born overseas. And when, and when I came back to America, that's this was a shocking epidemic for a teacher. I had, I had a parent teacher conference meeting with a teacher. And my parents, same day. It, she was she was so ecstatic. Basically, I came back to the U.S. when I was 15. Pro, but prior to this, I lived in Africa where slavery wasn't an identity. I didn't know who Martin Luther King was. Martin, uh, my, you didn't live in South Africa, right? Yeah, yeah, they didn't teach us these things in these African schools. They taught us about our African warriors and princesses who invented technology in Africa. That's what I learned about. So when I you got learned here, about when I got here and I learned about it, like it was, I remember the day it was, we were, all had to go into the hallway, hold hands. And I have a dream speech started playing and they would go down one by one to each black person and say, what do you think about Martin Luther King? And when they asked me, what do you think about Martin Luther King? I said, I don't know who he is. And they literally pulled me out of the line, brought me into the class. And my dad said, and my dad, a hundred percent grade a Nigerian goat beef. You guys hear this shit. <laughs> he said, why would my son know anything about slavery? He was, he didn't, he, his people weren't brought here on a boat. We flew here first class. The people we learned about, my dad did not play around. The people we learned about, the people we learned about were kings, queens, chiefs, and ogaz, leaders of land, owners, owners of bodies of water. Why would we know anything about slaves? And the teacher was so held back. She was like, but how is he going to conform and learn about the culture? And he says, he doesn't need to. And it yeah, was right to. then and there that it dawned on me. Like, <laughs> no, 
my black people here have experienced a different type of life. And that's when I started to become intrigued with the culture. So that's a great question, JB. I went, now I went on a rant, but it, I, it's something that didn't occur to me. Over there, you learned about um, education, right? That the first, everything was created in Africa. The, the first, first school, first college. Mathematics, college, right? Mathematics, all of Everything, that. everything, mm-hmm. bro. Every, every, mm-hmm. Everything education-wise was made over there, bro. Remember first, beforehand, they went around and taught white people how to not live in the same place as they damn animals. Yeah, so exactly. everything like to how to be civilized people. Like Period. Like did. everything a- as far as knowledge wise, astrology, everything. Live in the house in Africa. That's not a thing. Animals at all. Like in the south too. That's like that in the south. Dogs yeah. live outside. I don't, I don't care how small it is. And dogs day. are not pets. They 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 shepherds and shit. They don't yep. they don't really. They are really pets. They all got jobs. Uh, so it that that's a that's a great segue. But uh, chapter uh, do you want to push to chapter two? Or do we have some for chapter one? So chapter we two, up, yeah. we got some for all these chapters. Yeah, real talk. <laughs> <laughs> so chapter two kind of dives into we money. Two right? uh, Rob, as the as a resident expert in money. What was your feelings in chapter two? The the part of chapter two that hit home for me, and I'm just quickly shifting to my notes, is when Woodson spoke about how the emancipation freed the Negro people, but at that point we were still economically enslaved, mm-hmm. and the Caucasians took advantage of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why unions were created, to keep black people from working. And JB, do you feel like this 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 mental hurdle? I mean, besides the fact of uh, you know Jim Crow segregation and things like this, what what was and just white people in general? That's the answer. But it was there anything that black people could have done differently with hindsight being twenty twenty? Is there anything we could have done differently to help boost ourselves out of this economic crisis that they didn't do? No. No, I think we tried it all. I think that, you know, on the other side, you got this this powerful force that's just working against you, trying to keep you down. And if they got so much, they got all the power at that point, you know, um, it's just hard to work through. And it's part of like, it's say like, I think in chapter two, you say the conditions of today are a direct effect of what's taking place in the past. And that's kind of to what I was talking about in that standpoint, it's like, you know, we keep fighting against this force. Like eventually, when we do break through, you know, good luck. Um, and that's really how I look at it. But it's it has been this powerful force that we've continued to fight against. Um, that has separated us to a point where we don't work together and we don't look at each other certain ways and things like that. I, you know, I was telling one of my boys recently. Like I remember when I first went to school. And my mom didn't let me come back because a couple of people I knew had got killed. So she didn't let me come back for the whole year. And I remember coming back that first summer and I could barely, like, I felt like a fish out of water. I'm just being gone for a year, you know, and I, I could relate to that first chapter and going into this chapter where you like, when you become that educated Negro and you come, you get so far attached, like you go back and you like, ah, you know, how do I, how do I fit in? So it was like a conscious thing to make sure that I'm always attached and I always tap in in some way. 
Black, if you want to talk about education, there was this battle between the North and the South education. There was a classical and a functional type of education. Uh, the classical was clearly the the arithmetics, the mathematics, the Pythagorean theorems, the duly nuded lectures, while the functional was sort of in line with what you're doing now. It's a functional job that you use your hands and you use your body to get the job done. Do you feel that this this tear between the, the for the black man was a tough decision what do you think would have benefited us mo- more because there is a give and take for both sides but being a person who works with your hands what side back then would you have picked oh man you kind of put me on the spot I don't really work with my hands I work with a couple of my fingers bro this is a, a lazy job for a human being <laughs> Like I, I, okay, can I just say real quick how I just danced this dude up? I just made him look so fucking official, hey, and he just yeah, I know, right? I'm, I'm gonna be honest that, with all that shit there. Hey, I, really, look, I, mu- just, hey, I really just tried to I'm, sell my man's, and he put himself yeah. back on the ground floor. But okay, nah, my, mo- my mother, my mother and father are both carpenters. That's where the real work goes in, and the labor work. I, I never like to say try to pretend that my job is super complicated because it, it's, it's dangerous for the people on the outside of the equipment. If there's an idiot on the inside, but everything that they like, they knew black people knew how to work with their hands. Like we were just saying that they already knew everything. That's why they created the unions because the best workers were the people who've been doing it forever. So for the, for the untrained and unskilled white people, they had to create a union. Like, okay, we, y'all only can work with unions. That's, that's how the unions work. So now that black people can get into unions, that's the reason they want to have right to work. To prevent, like you know, paying people of of every race the same amount they pay for other people that do the job. So I rather, I rather like for black people back then, it, it wasn't nothing we could do because everything was written up so that we couldn't. So it was either leave and move on and get your own area and, and do it that way, or create your own. Or like, man, it was it was it wasn't much that we could do. But Rob, let's speak to a little bit about the poor white man and their in their complicated relationship with black people. Because it, it talks a little bit about how the poor white people started to realize, like, hey, you're treating us like black people. And black people right. just was like, Bro, why why can't you just help us help you get to a better place? Right. What was the duality of that situation for you? I feel like even in today's um times, I find that pretty ironic. Right. Um, and, and we had a conversation about this at my job recently, where as a society, we are so fast to find things that make us different instead of looking at the things we have in common and coming together and say, you know what? Look, we both oppressed. Right. Instead of you fighting this battle over here and me on two blocks down fighting this battle, let's both agree to meet in the middle and let's both fight this battle as a collective unit. And I don't know. Then and still to today, we just can't do that. Do you feel no? We it can't, it's possible. Hey. It's just they don't want. They want to so, feel superior. That's that's the whole thing for the superior. white lower class. They want to feel superior. Like remember, the slave quarters and the people that was whipping them were the exact fucking same. They were living the same, bro. It wasn't like they were living a lot better, but they got to whip the niggas that they have. They got to whip the other motherfuckers, so now they feel better. Yeah, that's true. And then I you you think about like a lot a majority of Trump supporters is people from those 
you know, the the, the poor white neighborhoods yeah. or the uh, like none of the policies know, the smaller towns affect them in a in a, in a greater way than they affect right. us. It, it don't it don't really help them at all. It's like you know they sitting back talking about these taxes Biden about the brain like bro they don't this don't have nothing. To hey do. y'all seen that meme <laughs> where it'd be like the pillow? If your pillow look like this, I'm gonna put a picture up right now. If your pillow look like this, don't worry about it. If your ceiling looks like this, yeah. don't worry about it. If your tire <laughs> treads look it. like this, don't worry about them taxes, bro. You good? You yeah. all the way good? Yeah, man. So I always I've always kind of had that argument with my brother like. It's, there's definitely a racial divide, but then there's a monetary one that's a little bit above that. Like, that, 100%. you got the elite, the elite white people, they don't give a damn what color you are. Like, you ain't got a certain amount of money, you don't fit in here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's that. Then, yeah. once you black, you still don't fit. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And, and that kind of takes us to the hood rich ph- phenomenon, which was kind of born in this year. <laughs> Uh, where you have, where you as a black person have, you've acquired this certain level of knowledge that's giving you a gateway into it. But you've really just, you just look like you belong, but you don't really have the bank account to do it. So you're stunting. This this book gave me the invention of stunning and hood rich because you have this, you have this, like you have this aura where you're walking amongst these people but they talk about this in the next chapter where you're making $15 an hour and you're not living your best life, but you're walking against, you lock walking with these people. So the duality is sort of like, oh, I'm good. And now your people looking at you like, well, hook us up. And it's like, well, what had happened was yeah, I, can't, I can't help you. So <laughs> it, ain't that, it ain't that good. It ain't that good. Exactly. So it's like this, this North education, but, uh, What's the name mentioned it yesterday too? Dave Chappelle when he said I'm um, talking about the white trash. Or what, I don't know if that was yesterday. Cause I watched Dave a lot, but he, it was he was talking about how rich white folks they call the um poor white folks trash. Yeah, they do. They do. And um, they feel and they still feel it's superior than us. <laughs> 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 and they feel like I want I, they, that's my group of people, you know, fucking <laughs> yeah. They they look at us as trash, and they you know they look at us just as bad as they look at them, but. They feel like they with them and in the fight. Black touched on this, the, the skill, the, the, the art of learning the skill versus being taught a skill. Um, there's one thing for you to read it in the book. I could I can I can hit back Pythagoras theorem all the way down to the cells relative motion of uh, physicists and all of those things. I can I can etch that back out to you. But if you told me to design an engine that could imitate emulate that, I couldn't do it. So what is the what is the benefit of having m- mental like a mental knowledge of something versus a physical knowledge of something if you can if you can build a car what's one's better building your own car or buying one off the lot and that's the question i posed to you guys based on your status if you had the knowledge to build your dream car and you had all the resources would you build it or just go buy it off the lot it depends. It depends on what what phase of my life I'm in, and, and what I mean by that. No, is, no that's why. That's why he so, has the resources. So if you, you got, got the resources. All the resources, you're already in the phase that you can do it. Yeah. No, no. It, it's still even still right. And, and I say that because let's say um, so. My great grandmother used to tell us all the time. She was like, in life, you're going to have one or two things, and you're rarely going to have them at the same time. It's going to be time or money, right? And you said there's the resources, but am I retired? And do I have the time to do that? If so, I'm building it myself. 
I mean, I think it, it depends on how fast you need it too, though. So if you don't need it tomorrow, exactly. So you can still you can take your time. So let's just say we we got the time we got expanded amount of time. Would you do it yourself or buy? You know, um, I'm, I'm doing it myself for sure. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing it myself for sure if I got the time to do it. But the basic thing was how that like in the book they were talking about how people going to school and learning and knowing what they supposed to do, but it don't mean shit when you they're not giving you the proper stuff to, to learn it on. Like, let's say you learn, like, how to use a piece of equipment that was made in the 60s. Well, today's time, we have different joy, different controls. It's hydraulic instead of mechanical. So the operations are different. Now, I was, you know, lucky enough to know, equipment-wise, I can operate mechanical, hydraulic, any piece of equipment you put in front of me, I can operate because of the Marine Corps. So I've learned how to use everything except, you know, Except for a crane, which probably gonna take me a couple of hours to learn how to use, but learn how to use something properly using it is different too. Yeah, because you're looking in that uh, book and you're like, man, that's how you about, do it. <clears throat> JB, I think about all us. I think about all us um, having formerly, you know, as slaves, grew up on farms, knowing how to, you know, uh, work the land, raise cattle, and all that other stuff, like. That's very. There's very few black people that I know how to know how to do that. I'm sure there's a lot that know how to do it still in the South, but you know, we live in Illinois. You know, I live in Central Illinois right now. All the farmland is. There's not one black person I know that owns any of this farmland, and, and that's I like I wouldn't know what the hell to do with. It. And that's and, and you, you know, know how- we all moved into the cities to build the cities, and now yeah. you know it's time to move back out to the farmland to take care of yourself. We don't know how. We scared to move to the farm, actually. So with that, like, it's people in the city that do that. Like, I know the people in the South Shore area that got their farm, and when I was there in the Woodline, they got the little um, crop areas for the neighborhood. So we, it's, it's plenty of neighborhoods that still do it. Even in my new neighborhood where I'm living now, I just haven't met, I just haven't met that, that part, that whatever part that does it. So I can go over there and do it with them, but they do it throughout the city and it's like once a month or twice a month where they sell the crop that they, that they, um, that they grow themselves. And then you can have input and learn how to do it with them and everything. So it's being done in the city. A lot of the folks are older folks or like more community driven, driven, driven people. Well, it's happening. I know it didn't happen in the suburbs at all. And I didn't know about it when I was younger in a project, but I learned about it as an adult. And I, like, well, I, well, I've seen some of it as a kid cause we did like, if you go down 41st State and you see that school on the side of that school, we put all those trees in, but we also put other stuff in with the school. So we did it as kids. And that's why I said a black school is different from going to a school that's not all black. Like all the teachers were black. Everybody that was black was very few white people. So you get a different experience when it comes to that. So they got your interest at heart because everybody, a lot of the teachers were living right there next door in the projects with my godmother, you know. Fake aunties and stuff like that was working at the school. The security guard was my godfather. So when I was getting in trouble at school, that I get my ass whooping there, and then I get sent home and get my ass whooped. <laughs> it talked about that dynamic in the book too. You know, growing up with the black teachers versus the white teachers. I had black teachers my for one year uh, of school, and then you know, going into, I we moved into the suburbs. My parents want to give us quote unquote that better life, and. I could tell right away the difference. And I'm only in kindergarten. You know, so I could tell the difference right away between yeah, my teachers and how they handled me and dealt with me. Yeah, man. That's all. And so, and I'll ask you this real quick then, JB. Do you, was this a positive change? 
Yep. No. No. Oh, you feel it was it? And this is this the book. Second that. Going into the suburbs. Yeah. You do too. Into the suburbs. And I'll tell you why after JB. So hold on, hold on. I I could tell you exactly why. So when I got to Calumet City, I was already ahead of where the kids were. And then when I got there, they wouldn't even let me go to first grade. So I was supposed to go to first grade. And they held me back to kindergarten again and made me do it again. And but but instead of instead of moving me into first grade, they, what they would do was I would take math, reading, uh, and whatever other courses, English, whatever, I would take them with the first graders and then go back to my kindergarten, opposed to just moving me forward. Go ahead, go Rob, because I'm after you. So, so for me, um, my mom moved us from the South Shore area all the way out to Harvey. And my freshman year of high school, I went to Thornton, right? And my mom made this home to JB's parents. I got to give y'all a better opportunity or at least a fighting chance, right? So I go to Harvey and Thornton was wild, right? It was fun. Um, and after, I want to say after my sophomore year, mom's like, hell no, uh, I'm transferring you. Out of harm, you got to get out of here, right? And I went to TF North, and in my honest opinion, I felt like the education at Thornton, even though it was a wild school, was way better than TF North. To the point where I got to TF North and I started messing around. So, and I think, right, for and me, I think that's mainly due to at Thornton. There was a lot. All my teachers were black. The best teacher I've ever had in my life was a uh, Mr. Streeter. He's an English teacher at Thornton. I'm not sure if he's still there, but he really instilled hope in us. Yeah, like, you don't got to fall victim to this. And I feel like now, not everyone does that. So I can Outside of the education portion, I'm, what I'm saying to, to Jeremiah, I'm, I'm going to get a question for Jeremiah, then I'm going to tell you about the difference oh, for yeah, me. Yeah. Did you know Mr. Booth? Yeah. yeah. He was the counselor. Yeah, yeah. At North, and I, you know, I got he's my Facebook friend now, so I was talking to him because because I looked up to Mr. Boo because he was the only black man really out there. Like everybody else, it wasn't that many black teachers out there. So I was saying, like, for the fact that he had somebody in his position and he gave it up on it, was, was, that, that kind of annoyed the fuck out of me when I got out there. But for me, education wise, I thought it was better out there because the attention that the other students paid to these white teachers versus the ones the attention that they paid to the black teachers. While I was in the city, they they were way more disrespectful to the black teachers. Like school was my thing growing up, so it wasn't shit for me. But to get out there and to see that these other black kids are, are trying to learn because of who they were, who were teaching, it, it annoyed me. But I appreciated that the fact I wasn't only I wasn't just the absolute smartest motherfucker in the class versus it's other people that's that's close to me. Because when I out in the city, bro. I went to like 10 different grammar schools, bro, and not a damn soul in that bitch was touching me um, education-wise. And even the principals and shit used to try to beg my father to get me to stay because of the test scores dramatically changed after I left. I had one hood friend that was that was testing like I was testing when I was going to fist, and he was one of the baddest motherfuckers ever, but... Oh, it, we got a celebrity in the house. Okay, don't... Oh, don't oh, we got gay, gay? <laughs> We got a celebrity in the house. <laughs> but to this day, this one dude right there I'm talking about that was just, that's the smartest me. Like he was right there with me, bro. This motherfucker is in the streets, bro. Not doing a damn thing. I feel like if he'd have moved out there instead of me, 
he would have did it a lot better in life because he got shot what like he got shot like 50 cent amount of time he walked funny now but he did not give up on the street shit even after that like no so, stood over him shot him in the head so just but, so just so we're making like clear notice of this we're saying that having black res- representation of of teachers in these schools weren't always the best things for us because yeah. it, can, it can be the best thing and it can't be depending on the student depending the on your situation and the quality go ahead jb yeah. you're mute go ahead still can't hear you. i don't know what's going on with your mic bro you yeah. wasn't muted but your mouth you, you ain't saying shit well, we're, we're, and we'll fill, fill in uh, Domati. Looked like he was about to make a good ass point, too. He was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we can't. Yeah, always do, bro. All right, so, so Black, to your point, um, that was so that's a dual dynamic. So, like, when we moved out to, to the suburbs, like, we moved out there so that we could have a better opportunity at education because of the environment we grew up in. But there's a difference between, and they talk about it in the book a teacher that actually has your vested interest versus a teacher that's just trying to teach you curriculum yeah. because some of the, some of the teachers that we came across, like they could pick out, like for instance, us that, that that's a little bit more gifted. Like, all right, we need to spend a little bit more time with them, yeah. you know, maybe uh, basically not in the curriculum, but you know, talking to them this way. Like I had a teacher pull me out of the classroom and say like, Hey man, you messing up. And this is why, and like literally talk to me that way. But that's one out of 20 teachers that I encounter. And I'll say this, uh, Domani can speak to this point too, because me and him were pulled into a, I remember when we went to U of I to this physics program where we had to go build bridges out of popsicle sticks. And we, me, <laughs> we was in there with do-rags, sagging pants and didn't give a damn. And it was all these collared up kids. And we literally put our stuff together and it was the only one that withstood the, the magnitude 10 earthquake. Our structure stood and, and everyone asked how, instead of just saying, congratulations. Thanks. You know, (laughs) so if you want to speak a little bit to that, were there any impactful black teachers or black teachers that kind of that swayed you or skewed you a little bit in your time of development? I got lucky because I went to Beasley before I came to Calumet City. And Beasley, Beasley was a shit, bro. Beasley was a great school. I was actually just talking to everybody from Beasley, even even the niggas that still street niggas that went to Beasley is all doing well. Like, you know, whether they went off uh, or get PhD. So you know my brother, so he ain't, he ain't doing that well. Your bro- oh, damn. Well, shit. Yo, your brothers get money. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Some, yeah. Of them. Some of them. You know, it's like 30 of us. Oh, true, true, true. But yeah, nah, it was like, it, it was just a, um, and like, why I love the miseducation of the Negro, it was a confidence that Beasley students had because you had to say, you didn't just sing the national, you sung the Black National Anthem when you went in there. If you walked down the hallway along the lines, it wasn't just Martin Luther King on the wall, it was Garrett A. Morgan on the wall, W.E.B. Du Bois, it was Toni Morrison on the wall in the hallways. All of the teachers with PhDs, it was Dr. Green, Dr. Ray Radford. It was do- like, everybody was doctors, but they were teaching like, first grade, second grade, they were administrators. So there was like this, it was, we saw, we got to just see that. And so when yeah. I moved to Calumet City, like, I feel like a lot of the reason, a lot of the reason I got into like trouble, I got into in Cal City, like I was from the city, but I wasn't really, I was active, but I'm like 11 years old. And I hung with the gangsters, but I was one of those kids that they, they were smart and they were like, yo, you know, go in the house, stay out of trouble. I feel like I didn't have a lot of 
Lincoln was easy as hell. TF North was easy. It wasn't easy until about hell. junior year when I started learning things that I hadn't learned at Beasley already, honestly. And so, and that was just because I ended up in the honors classes. So, you know, I'm just coming in on a conversation. So I hope I'm even on, on target. But I think like, I think a lot of, well, the, I think a lot of the, like the, the maturation, like the things that I go back to that I become interested in now came from elementary school because my elementary school was pro-black. A hundred percent more so than what we t- what we learned. It was that we learned that we were smart, and that's the reason I'm I'm holding off on putting my daughter in private school because the us school Woodline is super black. They still do the black national anthem. I don't, they don't do the white one at all, bro. The, everything they do there is super black. Like they every fucking thing, bro. I, I would love. I'm gonna show y'all one of these days some of the stuff they do for the kids and the things that they they talk to the teachers. Cause they don't call them um like Mrs. or Doctor, even though it's a lot of doctors up there. They call them mm-hmm. Mama, yeah, and shit like that. Mama, like like Mama Walker and stuff like that, bro. It, it's just a good ass school, bro. So that's what's making me hold off on putting her in private school. Cause she is a, a like a, a fucking little me. She is very smart. She get all A's. But like I like me in school, I get done before everybody else. Even as a kid in those good schools, and then it was just so. I'm getting in trouble from that point on because I ain't got shit up to do. And that's what happens with her from time to time. So like she talks too much, she don't listen because she's bored. She needs yeah. to be moved up. So I'll put it like this then. Look, we'll push you into the... Go ahead. Okay, before we leave the education part, I was, I was talking about how the difference between the students too. Like, Rob is smart as shit. But Rob, me and Rob talked about this what, a couple years ago, how teachers would tell certain students that they wouldn't be shit. And I would tell them, I've never experienced that. Like, I've never had a teacher ever tell me that I wouldn't be nothing. Regardless, like, I, and there'd be certain, some of the same teachers that tell other kids they weren't going to be shit. And it, but I've never had that. All the teachers that I've ever had, even the ones that this didn't like me, still knew that I, that they always, they never said that to me. And I, and I, and, and that's a big difference too, because some of these people don't want to get to know everybody in the class. Like everybody was saying, like, they know the other kids that, they think it's mm-hmm. smart or whatnot, and they avoid the ones that are not. Some, some teachers. You know what like happened them. a lot in, in, in Lincoln? Though I had the opposite. Though I felt like, <clears throat> um, I felt like all of the bad kids got mad attention, and like if they felt like you were straight, yeah. they did. And I get it. I get why teachers do that. You know, they feel like they think certain students need more attention. But I felt like I got overlooked because I got everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of, hey, quickly, oh, go for it. Then I'll add my perspective. Uh, to your point, though, Matthew, it's 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 a, it's it's this it's this self fulfilling prophecy. You're good. You're always going to be good, and you're either good because of someone else, so I don't have to worry about you type attitude. Yeah. Like someone else is looking out for you, so I don't have to look out for you, and that's a negative way to approach children because you miss keynote details. There's a reason why you know teachers are taught how to find uh sexual sexual uh, assault markings because just because a kid is well-dressed and properly dressed doesn't mean that there's hidden underneath there. Uh, Rob, to your point, what were you saying? No, I was going to say, um, I remember back when when I was in, I think her name was Miss Horak's class, uh, math teacher at TF North. One day, one day she, she pulled me to the side and she was like, um, I see a lot of potential in you, but I often see you falling into trouble, right? And she was like, what's your plan after high school? And I told her, I was like, I'm trying to get a job, right? Um, she was like, you ain't thinking about college? I'm like, no, nah, man, I got to get paid. Um, and she basically said at that point, she was like, you know, 
as one of my students, the one thing you do that not a lot of people do, you raise your hand and you correct me a lot. Not in a disrespectful way, right? And she threw out the possibility or the idea. She was like, <laughs> you, should, you should think about going into accounting, right? She planted the seed. And I didn't know what accounting was. And look at me today, I'm, like, I'm an accountant. And when when I became a professional, I reached out to her, sent the the longest email I've ever written in my life, and sent the flowers and everything. I was like, "You planted something that really grew in my mind." So me and Jeremiah had this whole rack for honors. What was that? Like um, algebra two or some shit? Oh, your ass was your ass was disrespectful. But, but I, I corrected <laughs> I corrected every math teacher I've ever had <laughs> multiple times. Like, like, that's why I missed that. Come teach the class. He'd be like, yep. Yeah, man, I would teach the class, bro. And, and they would get some people would get it way better. And that's and Miss That hated that. Miss That split me and um Mac up because I had an honors class, bro, and I used to correct her. And she was like, You want to teach the class? Your mom I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get up there and teach the class. <laughs> and I'll teach their ass. But but they all like me, bro, to this day. Like if I go up there and I talk to um Miss Smith, that's that was my favorite teacher, Kim to teach, because I didn't do no work in her class. Cause she told us at the beginning of the class, like only thing that's gonna really, only thing that's gonna really gonna matter is um your test. So fucking with Miss Smith, I didn't do no work, no in class signs. I only took the test, and I still left that bitch with either a B or a high C. And the next year, I walked in her class, like at one of her, um, you know, when they do the introductory report, like when they're talking about themselves, and she was talking about me to her class. She mm-hmm. was like a lot, like she was like a lot of a lot of y'all guys are gonna need a lot of help. She's like, everybody won't be a Jamal. She didn't see me standing there. She's like, everybody won't be a Jamal. She's like, I had a student named Jamal that didn't do nothing but take the test. Everybody's not going to catch on, stuff like that. <laughs> and she just up, picking me up, bro. And I walk in, I'm like, hey, Miss Smith. And she was so happy to like, oh, this is Jamal right here. Miss Smith loved me. I still I still talk to her and Miss Stat on a regular basis. And they, we email each other. Miss Smith is a Republican. But she's <laughs> one of those um, – that low income and Republicans that think that that they should be Republicans <laughs> <laughs> when they don't benefit them. They but don't I love benefit her, from being Republican. So no, I'm gonna no. skip over uh, two parts in chapter three, but just put it uh, put it out there. Uh, the two tier justice system is brought up here, and I'm also gonna bring up the 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 the, the cognitive dissonance that goes with disease. Uh, when black people have diseases that we weren't prepared to take off. STDs were new to black people. When we first, when we came to, it was when we were brought here that we were introduced to STDs and then they propagated and spread out of control. Uh, the comparisons of yellow fever versus AIDS. Uh, when yellow fever was sweeping the country, it was a tearful event and people were sad and they had to find a cure. When AIDS was sweeping the black community, it was, it's the way they are. It's, it's something that black people just have. So, those were just two note things. We'll go to chapter four because we're pushing on that hour. Um, chapter four was a little bit of a bring up about not even like presentation of education, but just the uh, religion is just a tool was something that kind of stuck out to me a lot here. Uh, real quick, uh, JB, was there anything about chapter four that stuck out to you? Religion was just a tool. Uh I actually pushed into, you got me going into chapter, it might be chapter six where you're talking about the importance of the religion, but um, no, I can't remember chapter four too well. Chapter four was sort of like a blur and it was sort of like a, it was a joint chapter between chapter three and chapter five. Wait, Um, we're talking about miseducation, right? Yeah. All right. I thought chapter 10 book read now. You said what? 
I said, your 10 book reading ass. We're talking about <laughs> right. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I just left out to go get my Kindle. Like, hold on, what book, where this book at? Let me see. All right. <laughs> Rob, did you have anything? Yeah, I thought, I thought chapter four was the chapter where Woodson was painting this picture of education as a tool that really depends on the workman or workwoman who uses it. Yeah, no, for sure. I, the, the, I definitely want to speak to more to that, but I was just talking about the thing that kind of hit me first or hit me the strongest, which was that. But if you want to speak on the education as a tool, go ahead. No, I think, I think when I was reading through that passage of the chapter, it really had me thinking back to a lot of people so when I was in school, I worked at um, a grocery chain, Save-A-Lot. Um, and there was a lot of people that I worked with who had degrees who were working minimum wage jobs. And it's like, right. damn, you went and spent all this money, a lot of them in debt, right? And you pursue something that didn't have a demand. So that tool that you want to get is not useful. Uh-huh. And we talk about that a lot, though, Rob. Me and you talk yeah. about, like, me and Rob and, and Mac and, and, and the Medi, most time I call and we talk about that a lot. Like, as far as when going to school, for black people, they always go to school for what they think is going to benefit them, but they never fully go on. Like, it's a million motherfuckers that went to high school that went to school for criminal justice, but that's where they stopped. Yeah. They didn't pick what, what part of it, where they wanted to go. They want to be cops, they want to be lawyers, anything. They just wanted to go to school for criminal justice, and they were like, all right, fuck it, let me go work at L.A. Fitness. So and then I <laughs> so then I'll throw you this question, Domadi. Uh, as someone who has a couple of degrees, <laughs> yeah, a couple of- LA Fitness. <laughs> I was smooth working out at LA Fitness over 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 Thanksgiving. I ran into somebody from TL over like, oh, what's good? He was like, yeah, man, how you doing? I was like, I'm doing good. What you doing here? Oh, I work here. I said, oh, I work out here. But they they super pretend. They super pretend like. They're fitness trainers. Like they went to school yeah. for that. Yeah. Right, right. They're like, right. yeah. So I, what I'm trying to do is build my clientele. Like, nigga, you went to school to learn shit that you weren't gonna use. Just man up. So, but that's, I, that's that. And that's the thing about black people, though. We don't push our kids to jobs like Asians. Asians choose their kids' jobs before they fucking and, born. And Mexicans too. I, mean, I know they get forced into the Jewish community because too. they might not have yeah citizenship and stuff like that. So, but then let's talk about that real quick, Domadi. To the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. What is the importance of this situation? That this dynamic. We have this situation where your mom ran this laundry store for thirty years. Right. And then you went to school to go become a chemistry major and didn't develop no new soap, no new detergent, no new nothing to bring right. her. What is the, what is the downfall there? What's the dissonance there? Speak on that. Yeah. Yo, it's this it's this uh hot this passage I highlighted is right at the end of chapter four, right before five, and it says like it's like um read real quick. It says in education itself, the situation is the same. He said uh Columbia nor Chicago can give an advanced degree in Negro rural education, for their work in education is based primarily upon what they know of the educational needs of whites. Basically. Uh, he says, we offer no argument against advanced degrees, but these should come as honors, not to enable a man to increase his salary or find a better paying position. Basically, you know, it's an honor to get advanced degree, but you really learn in a white man's system. You're not about to help yourself in real life. Yeah. And so, like, we, we look at this prestige of getting this chemistry degree, like the person went 30 years to do this laundromat to be able to raise a daughter who could become a chemist just so she could work for somebody else. Like, and and have the prestige of being that person. We got to break out of, even people were coming at Obama about this because during his presidency, he didn't invest in HBCUs. And he would say, 
And he kept saying, you know, pushing higher education, which is valid. Like, I want my kids to go into higher education. But I also had to reframe my thinking because, you, as you know, Hero, you know, the families we come from, it's all about higher education to the point where I forget that my best friend is a mailman making already bought a house before I did. Mm. You understand? So, like, he, he worked for the Postal Service. He got good benefits doing his shit. But that job was, quote, unquote, looked down upon because it's more blue collar. I got homies who's truckers who check in a bag, you know what I'm saying, more than I, I'm just now in maybe the past three years, you know what I'm saying, getting to the point where my salary matches my so quote unquote degree. My degree is in economics. I ain't doing that shit. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. so I don't even know if that answers your question, but it's like, you know, I, I be having to stop myself because I be going on tangents. I'm just so happy to be having this conversation with like real niggas on this call. Yo, <laughs> I got we so much all, I want to say, so you know. They, we all nah, you can talk. We talk. We talk on this motherfucker, bro. I help y'all. I help y'all every chance I get. Like when I when I talk to anybody, I, I up Rob Mac, fucking Jeremiah, Hero, and you mm-hmm. on a regular basis, bro. It's like I, I feel like I, I should get a, a side payment for telling people how great. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've already said, like you, you already know. I, I, I tell my I tell people how great my friends are on a regular basis. Even my I real niggas, told, that's, I tell like, them how great they are. Somebody, I, somebody already hit me up on a uh, Apple Podcast talking about, oh, I saw your I saw your books and beyond podcast. Uh, wanted to know if you want to do the sponsorship with some watches. I was like, mm. oh shit, we was on some just having black man conversation. And then Rob, I posted up. I I had the video hasn't gone live, but it goes live next week with the attachment to it and IG was already hitting me up talking about, Oh, this has promotional content in it. So they already peeped that I was putting some promotional stuff in the right. video. And I was just like, look, I got to talk to these cats. They don't, this isn't something they agreed to. I was just, I fought this. The only reason why I'm here is because I get to make a video out of this. If I didn't get to make a video, fuck y'all and these goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hey, keep it real. Hey Rob, hey, talking about that. What are you wearing today? Who like, are you wearing something today? Oh, hey, another one. Another brand based out of Chicago. No pressure. All right, oh, boy, so that's you're going to send me that link, and it'll be in the comment section below. You guys know where it is. Um, I'm going to jump over to Chapter 5 because, like I said, I don't want to okay. keep y'all tied up. I don't know what y'all – I know I know JB out here looking at the clock like when the Bears play, so I'm not trying to <laughs> – They don't right now, man. Don't worry about it, oh, Okay, okay, okay. They ain't going to do nothing but disappoint me, y'all. <laughs> Three weeks ago, this man was the proudest Bear fans ever. How quickly we fall. Hey, you see he got the jersey on. They don't make him not proud because – They don't make me not proud. I'm still wearing my jersey, man, but I might just have a bad afternoon. The yeah. day we the day we come on this podcast and he doesn't have that shirt on, we all got to have a moment. We got to have an intervention with. <laughs> uh, hey, who jersey are you wearing? Like, okay, as far as the Bears, you see the Bears disown. Okay, you see you see they disown Erlacher goof ass a while back. Yeah, I, I ain't never liked him ever, ever. And yeah. when you grow, when you go bald and get hair back like that, I can't trust you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just not fathomable for me. It's not. It's not acceptable. Uh, let's. You guys want to push to chapter five or? I don't think we should move to five until and do, and we should do five next week. That way, fucking, we've been on here for an hour because you know we about right. to talk more about everything else. Yeah, and so, these other chapters. All right, so uh, I mean, uh, Michael right, so like, I, I want, I want to talk about five. <laughs> That's oh, shit, let's get it then. Let, fuck it, let's get it then. You, you let's go. No, I want to respect our time. No, I came late, man. No, 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 I got time. Who got time? Like everybody got time? 
I got time. Let's go. Okay, okay, cool. So then now, let's was, go to five. Uh, Damati, take it off. What's on your yeah, mind? Nah, it was the first. This, this was on my mind because you gave the example of the laundry mat too. Yeah. And um, this is like in the first page of chapter five when it says something about uh, oh, a white professor of a university recently resigned his position to become rich by running a laundry mat. Yeah. For young for Negroes in the southern city, a Negro college instructor would have considered such a suggestion an insult. And so I had put a note to myself when I first read it about this elite black mentality, an example of social status being an impediment to wealth or black business development and how like Chinese, how Middle Easterners don't have this problem. And what, and I was trying to think in my mind, I guess my question to to, to y'all is like, how did we even develop that ideology where we look down on those type of gigs? So I kind of thought about it uh a little bit and i think a lot of that comes from kind of that slavery mentality like that that's that's slave labor like i ain't doing that for nobody you know i'm not doing mm. that. like that's not slave that's slave labor we need like we value education so much that's that's what we separated ourselves from um and we look at it different we look at it differently um and i was even going to talk about how they even <clears throat> was going into you know working internships so I work, I work for State Farm. I, I, I coach all the agents before they go into agency. But in order to get here, like I had to work as, you know, uh, for an intern or for an agency where I was only getting commission and my salary was only so much. And we're not willing to do that type of stuff to be able to go over time. Like I could open a State Farm agency tomorrow if I wanted to. I can go back to my mom's agency. And like those are avenues of wealth that we don't need but we gotta we don't want to take those building blocks I, I take i'll take a second to say this uh, acts yeah. of service is something that's oblivious to black people the acts of service for us sometimes becomes entangled with owing people versus gotcha. just oh doing for people uh, uh we lose that ability to differentiate sometimes what it means to just truly be an ally that's that notion of if your homeboy posts something it's absolutely free for you to hit the share button but it's like he didn't tell me to do it so i'm not obligated to do it we don't we we miss that notion to take upon our blessings i think we speak too freely about sometimes about our tenacity to go get it to have our own to be able to say we did it on our our own. own yeah instead of us being like if me and rob are both millionaires because we share in the same business we both millionaires. I don't, it's not like I, I stole something from Rob or Rob stole something from me. We miss that ability to just have acts of service that are free for our people. Uh, if I had and, to- And the pride, like we don't, we don't believe in nepotism because we like, I got it out the mud. I mud. did this myself. Mm. Like JB yeah, brought yeah. something good, like about, he could easily work for his mom's thing. And he's already thinking about that. Like that's part of the, I remember when I, when I moved back to, when I quit my job at Target and I moved back to my mom's house, I was working at Target headquarters, moved back to my mama crib. I felt so ashamed. I didn't even look at it like I was saving money or recalibrating my life. I felt ashamed. And then we talked about that too, Damati. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I'm like that shit. And and that and white folks do that all the time. Those people working at Target 1, headquarters, 1, making sixty thousand a year, living with their mamas proudly. So they no, but that's not saying we talked about that. Like, I, like I, I know I spoke to you about that, Demetri, as, as the five, yep. that you that people need to go back to their mother's house until they get all their shit together. Yep. But what I was, what I was, what I wanted to mention was earlier with where do we get looking looking down on those people is because they was they didn't have a shine to them. All mm-hmm. we knew was those uniforms. We didn't know that they drove you know Mercedes to that damn post office. Mm-hmm. We right, know right, right. Were, you know, <laughs> that's true. 
we just all we knew was those uniforms, and I only, I only knew because my father was a carpenter, is a carpenter, and he also did. He was a boiler room engineer, so I knew the, the financial changes because I would never was in need as a kid. Like, and my mother's also a carpenter, but I never was in need. All the, all the siblings we had, we were never in fucking need, and we always got what we wanted. If you came into the projects and you came into our house, you'll see like a the whole fucking table, like a big ass marble table. That the, the base of the table was big as fucking marble and held up a glass table. We had dim lights in the projects, like we had our switches were different. The way our crib was looked at, hooked up, you'd have thought you left the project when you walk in our house. <laughs> we had deep freezers. We got everything in that motherfucker, bro. We lived way different than everybody that was that was just next door to us. So that, hey. that's that's the thing. Like the things that you see as a kid, you saw the shine. You like, God damn, this drug dealer got that. These rappers <laughs> got that. These same people got mm-hmm. that. And these motherfucking janitors ain't got nothing. We don't see this garbage man with nothing, but not knowing that. We you take the uniform off. Yeah. Yep. Or no they debt. Live, no the, college the garbage, debt. The garbage men ain't living in the projects. Most of the mailmen mm-hmm. didn't live in the projects. And if they did, all of them lived good. So mm-hmm. you you weren't able to, you weren't paying attention to that. But you only noticed that they were garbage men. The garbage man was living in Brosville and, and um, on the east side of the South Shore area. I was, I was say, I'll, I'll say good. this. Uh, there was a there was an ordinance that was made for civil servants to want to, to have to live within the communities that they serve. And a lot of people thought that this was going to be a pushback from police departments. But in reality, 75% of people that pushed back on this ordinance were mailmen, uh, civil workers or construction workers in the area. Not because uh, they wanted, but because they knew they had acquired a certain level of wealth and health that didn't require them to live in these neighborhoods. But they had so a lot of people confuse that with, oh, the police are are the ones that don't want to do this. But in reality, it was the mailman and all those other civil servants who were like Uh, definitely police, too, though. Oh, no, for sure. Police. (laughs) But a lot of people, a lot of people like looked over the police. I mean, look, we're focused in on the police without realizing who else is considered a civil servant in this community. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah got that on lock as far as the police of Cal City. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying as far as like I'm talking about the move out because his mother, your mother's running for mayor, right? No, she would, was gonna run back back when she was running. Uh, she was thinking about running for mayor, and uh, that was one of the things she didn't want to deal with. The police wanted to move out, they definitely wanted to move out of Cal City. So, I'll say this then let's while we're on this topic, let's talk about the struggle versus taking the easy way out. Uh, the insurance work, the person who was interning as an insurance person making $15 an hour versus. I'm going to just go work at the hotel front desk. How much of the struggle should you be required to endure before you say, all right, I'm done? What's your limit? It depends on how much you struggled growing up. Go ahead. ahead. I think think it depends on the situation. Um, And I feel like oftentimes it's part of the process. And I feel like struggle takes you to a place where – you know you you never want to go back to. Mm-hmm. So when you when you get to that place and then you start to kind of step out of it, you have a point of reference that keeps propelling you. So like um, for me personally, when I was in school, I took an unpaid internship and turned down a job or, or another internship that was offered about $18 an hour, right? And coming from a blue collar family, my entire family said, that's the dumbest thing you can do, right? You stupid, you da-da-da-da-da. But once I started taking school serious, I started thinking long game. 
Like, I don't, I'm not thinking, I don't have a survival mentality anymore. I'm thinking like, what is this going to set me up for a long term, right? And my long, the long term pros kind of outweighed the cons. I bet. Tell them tempo. Tell them tempo, Black. We got them. (laughs) (laughs) You can drop that (laughs) tempo. But, um, but, you know, going through the process, they were like, dumb, it's dumb, it's dumb, it's dumb. But lo and behold, that unpaid internship turned into me landing a full-time job. And people was like, oh, I didn't know it could leave. It's like, yeah, I had to I had to go through the process, though. You, you got to get it through the mud sometimes. I won't recommend that for everybody because it's a risk. It's, it's definitely right? a risk. And, and, and it's a privilege, too. Black, you need to mute yourself, boy. Uh, I, I muted myself because I thought he was talking. I didn't know Paul was about to say some more shit. Uh, <laughs> but I was, I was going to say too, G, like, um, but then it'd be a privilege too because some of us be so broke that we can't even take an unpaid internship. And so then it'd be like, we'll take an unpaid internship and then have to work multiple jobs, like just so we can work that job, which might affect the performance at the other job. And that's what I had that's to do. So, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's what so I had to do. I had to do. That's what it is. So then is it like so you should like, most people's kids don't have to do that. Like, like I've had talk. I've talked to a bunch of people that went to college, and then only lot, like majority of the black people I know, have to do the job and school shit together instead of just only focusing on school. On school and that's yeah. a big problem in the black community too. When <laughs> we go to school, we don't only focus on what the fuck we we there for. Our focuses are be be so spread the fuck out on everything that's going on. And then you can't even enjoy it like how you want to enjoy, it, especially if you got a real plan. Like the man, you know, y'all have real plans, so some of y'all was able to do that freshman year fun shit. But after that, it was like, fuck that, I can't do that no more. I, I ain't gonna lie, I got lucky though. Shit, I ain't really have a plan. It just like it just seemed like it. It was like whatever I was doing, I just did it a hundred percent. But I ain't know what I was doing. I, when I was interning at that radio station, I ain't know I was gonna end up being on air. I was just. I was just going, whatever I was doing, I was just going to go hard and make it seem like, yeah. just, you know what I'm saying, doing with confidence. But like, and I, it made me think, I learned something at this at the radio station too about like black people's mentality that got me thinking. Like on the other side of that, like we already know, like you got to struggle, you got to hustle. But then we, we look at it like if somebody didn't struggle, that they didn't, that somehow their uh, success is invalidated. That's fine. And so we prioritize the struggle. So we we will make our next generation start from scratch just so we can leave hey, it, he got it out That the shit blood. goofy as fuck. Yeah. Goofy as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, what I like, what I like about the struggle is it make you appreciate stuff. I don't give a fuck that you didn't have to work for it, but if you if you do have to struggle for it, it makes you appreciate it a lot more. But or or or, or take this. Up. Or you know what I'm saying, hot take, or don't appreciate it. Donald Trump don't appreciate shit. He said his dad gave him a one million dollar loan, a small, a small, small, very tiny, very fragile part. And this dumbass nigga became president. So it's like, so like, you know, I don't want to raise a spoiled brat, but I know I'm gonna be. We couldn't do that though. We couldn't have the amount of failures Trump got and still be, you know, still be supported because you know, with all the failures he really have, as far as all the bankruptcies and the fact that he. His name is on a bunch of buildings he don't own, and it, it's just just so they can make money. It's just it's just a bunch of fraudulent shit. Where, so we 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 don't ha- we can't we can't do that. Yeah, we can't we do can't what be they put do. Put in those positions where, yeah, you know, where we our parents give us a, a million dollars to fuck over, and we and we turn down people because we don't like their race. Because as soon as a black person do some shit like that, 
we we getting unsupported by everybody. Even that, our own. Right, but you see how I, I feel like I feel like what we do is though we wouldn't even give our kid the loan because no. we'll be like our coach will be like we work. I yeah. worked. I had to work from the mud. You gonna work like this? You are gonna be a cashier at my million yeah. dollar company so you can learn how this works? And I'm not giving you nothing. And then like. By the time he's thirty, he doesn't know who he is. He hasn't learned the big. He hasn't figured it out because we forced him. Talked about that in the book. They talked about that in the book. How once the old man dies, his kids don't know what the fuck to do because he didn't show them that. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the issue be, too. But when it should be when you're a person of wealth in the black community, you, uh, I take the Jay Z approach in this. You teach your kids how to be business men and women from day one. Uh, Blue Ivy, I am convinced, has more education and and savvy in the business world as an eight-year-old than anybody with a college degree right now. Guaranteed. I can say Shit. it. Fuck, like, not just Blue Ivy. What's the name, son? DJ Khaled's son? Oh, DJ yeah. Khaled's son oh, is the whole album. The whole he got a whole brand already. He got a brand, bro. He he, he, don't, he, he produces it, but, but the thing is, bro, and they show, like, how he, like, he never cries, bro. That's, mm-hmm. that's just privilege right there, bro. Yeah, a baby, a baby that don't cry. A baby that doesn't cry. Like my baby, my baby barely cried when she was a kid, but she cried. She every like fucking. It was rare shit because I was there for the first year of her life. I I wasn't working, so I was so, able to just be there. So then let's talk about something that came up in chapter one that I said will come back up in chapter five, which is in uh, enjoying the spoils of the the image versus actually attaining it because. We get to live in these lives where we have, okay, you know, this is considered to be hood rich. You got your car, you got your house, and you and you got a little bit of coin. You're working under people, but you're not really working. You're you're surviving. You're just surviving with a few other assets. Is there a thing? Is there such things as being humble? The whole all I heard was Kendrick Lamar's song bitch be humble the whole time when I was reading this last part. Do we need to start being a little bit more humble about our approach and how we show? Black people are known for having a cultural flair. Do we feed too much into that? Yep. Black? Oh. oh. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. Don't, like, I'm going to let y'all talk and I'm going to say JB? I'm gonna, I, I can expand. I, I don't think so. I think that uh, I think that um, that's part of kind of who we are. Like when you talk about like some of the, the gifts and talents that we got, I think a lot of that stuff plays into it. Now, how we manage it, how we teach it, how we how we move with it, that's that needs to be done differently. Um, you know, me personally, like I'd I'll say like I got a lot of the stuff that I, you know, I want, but it don't mean shit to me, honestly. You know, I remember walking across the stage and had my whole family excited, and I was like, this don't mean shit. Not a goddamn and, thing. And it's just about kind of what you value, you know, like. <laughs> like uh, I stopped telling my people when I graduate, I just show up with new degrees. Come on with a beat my ass. I, I literally did that with my last associate. I was like, yeah, if you go to paper, can you hang that up in the bedroom down there, downstairs? She's right, like, right. When you get this, uh, it's like a week ago. I'm good. I think I think it's two things, man. I feel like I feel like the concept of us being humble is to like it's almost to minimize who we are. It's like the it's like the the it's, intro it's a detriment. Of, That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, it was you, you know that intro of uh, uh fuck with me, you know I got it. Well, uh, Pimp C was like, "All oh, is gold, we go because we African kings. Like this is what we do, you know. So it's like it's part of our our culture to to flex a little bit. But I will say though. 
I think we need to raise the bar higher. I think sometimes we get so proud of ourselves for having, for just adulting because so many of us die before 25 or don't have a job. We just, we'd be like, man, I got my own apartment, my own car, my own, you're supposed to, I take care of my son every day. Like you're a dad, like, you know, like this for fatherhood. Like, you know, I'm an adult, I'm lit. But that's, that's the type of stuff I don't like. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like because you have to do it, it's not a reason enough to not be happy that you're doing it or somebody to show that they appreciate that you're doing it. Yeah, you know it, the, that builds that, that helps with you, and then the it, fact because that, you know what it curtails into it curtails into a bunch of low life sucker ass motherfuckers who are complaining about money that they don't even have. Oh yeah. my god, can you believe this chick is requiring ten thousand dollars for child support? Hey, bitch, that's his. That's that's his his child. You mean to tell me if you had ten thousand, you had to give your kid? You gonna complain? Is that what you want? Is that your livelihood? Is that or people mad about or people mad about taxing and tax brackets that they're not a part of? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that shit killing me, bro. My, like right now, like right now, I'm about to fucking be in the next tax bracket next week, and I hate that shit. That shit is annoying. The, the amount of money they take a week, but what I'm saying about the humble shit is, we as black people are attracted to. The fact that people show off what they have like most of the people that we support and most of the things that we support is because of the advertisement and how well it's known so as soon as the motherfucker and we hate on the same shit when it's our own people though mm. like mm-hmm. like our own people advertising be on their own shit be up there and, and all the strategy and then we like motherfuckers doing too much i know i probably just cut out to my daughter and everybody just doing too much but I, I feel like we like it's okay to be humble, but it's it's also okay to not be like fucking. Right. If you wanna if you wanna be live, you know, flunch your shit, flunch your shit. Because I'm gonna support it, and I'm gonna flunch your shit just like y'all flunch. If you ain't that happy about it, why the fuck am I gonna be that happy about it? I ain't gonna lie, not to bring it too too close to something personal, but I struggle with that too. Like I be looking at like you know a lot with social media branding, right? Like as a media personality and whatnot, it'd be a lot of fly ass shit that be going on that I choose not to post. And when I talk to people, talk about like how to make my online presence more stronger, I guess. They're like, I remember, yo, I should... remember we talked about this. Yeah. We talked yeah, yeah. about that. I, yeah, I, like... I told you, you have, uh, uh, I'm going to steal this from him because he still won't do himself justice in this situation. But Be I do, your though. best. You know, you. Be you know what I post you. about the Medi? Yeah. When I post the Medi, bro, I, I post everything. My man, every fucking thing. Till this day, the highest ranked podcast on my godforsaken show is this man when he showed up. Go for real. For real. So it's, it's mind boggling to me when I see him taking this humble approach when he doesn't have to. It's, it's just it's because you know what of the people you grew up around and the people that yeah. you know follow you. You ain't trying Cause, to because you out. yeah. It feel like, like you're showing you out on them, but it's not. Are you showing them a better way? But people who understand the game, people who understand the game, don't need this game explained. People who understand it's, it's the game true. don't y'all, need it explained. Y'all right too, and it's, it's funny too. I bring it up because what I think what 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 Black said that triggered it too is like you'll be looking, I'll be looking at people who I know what they make because I used to do what they do. You know what I mean? And they be like real, real, you know, real braggadocious. And I'm like, yo, I know what radio pay. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yo, relax. <laughs> I did that job. Relax. <laughs> you know, like, oh, word. They finally let you have the third mic. Oh, that's congratulations. <laughs> but but, I, but I, the reason I don't, though, is because it's like, it's like reach higher, though. Because, like, we're supposed to be doing what we're doing. Like, it's 
we're supposed to all have jobs and be able to jump on and talk. We're supposed to be reading books. Like I even just, I took a screenshot of us recording. I just said, yo, me and my guys talk about miseducation of the Negro. We do this all the time. We just don't broadcast it all the time because we do it in our safe spaces. But it's like, I feel like we're in this space where, we know, we pat ourselves on the back for normal shit. Like we're supposed to be, we're supposed to have nice jobs. Like I'm supposed to be traveling for work. It's not really, it's fly shit, but it's not really, you know what I'm saying? Like catch me on, when I'm on the cover of Time Magazine, then I'm a flex, you know what I mean? But like, Hey, no, look, what we also need, though, for the for the Abbott members, bro, if I'm trying to cash out, the, you know, I want to get some, some of them watches. So y'all know Demetti's sponsored by this watch company, and they make some dope-ass watches. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, BT London, yeah. So but, so put that watch on if you at the crib and, you, and you're near one of them motherfuckers. Put that motherfucker on and, and, so, and then send that shit to, to post so he can post that shit no, for in the sure. chat. No, uh, and like I said, like, I usually at the end of each show, you know, ask everybody what you want to sponsor. If there's something you want to talk about, so it can go into the description. It goes, it'll be a little, like, it'll be next to your face in the, in during, throughout the whole video. If it's something that you're interested in. because once again, uh, I asked you guys a favor and y'all granted me that access. So if there's something I could do to help you guys, I'll do that. But I mean, that concludes uh, chapter five for us. Unless there's something else anybody want to speak on. I wanted to say one thing about kind of Dometi and, and, you know, saying you wait till I get to time. Cause I say the same thing all the time. Like, all right, this ain't no big deal. Wait till I get here. Um, but some people do actually need to see the journey. Um, mm. they, they, get, they fall into that trap. And I, this is something I've been thinking about personally. Like you fall into that trap of like, Oh, he just showed up one day and he was doing this yeah. and he, you know, he already got like, no, nah, they, they didn't see the mixtape that nobody heard exactly. because when you was rapping, all they got was that album and, 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 and the feature that you did on Kendrick Lamar shit before you got on. But they didn't know that you had 42 motherfucking bullshit mixtapes that you struggled through that you ain't had no video shoot for. And then right. when you did, it was on the iPhone. And then it's just a bunch of shit, you know, they got to They got to know that you ain't it wasn't all just fucking um, diamonds and gold. No, nah, you're right. No, nah, you're right. That's a good ass point. Uh, so, uh, real quick, then let's go hit the on the list. Rob, uh, you want to s- send your shout out? Shout out to you know this week's brand that I'm that, that I'm broadcasting the show and off no pressure, Chicago Entrepreneur. Every week, I'm gonna try to rotate a new um, entrepreneur branch. I think next week, I'm gonna do um, COVID masks. Sponsored by a young entrepreneur in Chicago, getting shipped out here to California. Hopefully, that comes by next Sunday. Excellent, excellent. You'll send me that link, uh, JB. You got anything? Any topics you want to speak on? No, nah, man. Just uh, as a point to this book, man. I, I just, uh, I inspire everybody to do some reflection, kind of on just what's your personal interest, what's your gifts. Um, have you sac- sacrificed? Have you truly sacrificed enough to get to where you're trying to go? That's such a fucking tough question. That's a bar. That's, That's something I'm thinking about question. for the whole week until next week when I'm reading chapter six and shit. But the Medi, but the Medi ain't gonna put it in the song. But drop it though. <laughs> <laughs> like you want to speak on anything? Drop anything? Nah, I'm in a place where they got more money than we need to talk about. So I'm gonna wait until I fucking rocking somebody's shit next week when I'm not at work. This place got too much money. Fuck that. What about you? Don't matter anything you want to talk about. I know you always filming something, something with TV show, something nah, with the I'm, website. I'm gonna follow Rob, Rob's lead and plug somebody else. There's this uh 
It's this company called Luella Cole who just sent me a raw ass t-shirt. L-U-E-L-L-A-C-O-L-E.com. And uh, yeah, man, a black owned company that started by my mans. They jumped in my DM randomly and sent me like a raw ass shirt with a Foxy Brown and Lil' Kim back to back. Just a fly t-shirt company, black owned company, support them, grab some tees from them. You know what I'm saying? Show them some love, that shit dope. And he'll be sending him the link for those watches too. Yeah. I just put it in the chat, matter of fact. Uh, I was gonna say y'all can plug it if y'all want to, but this for y'all, you know, we'll plug it next week. But you know, for for the guys on the call, y'all y'all use this 10 percent off code for these watches. You know what I'm saying? Nah, appreciate it. Don't, don't post that. Hey, show show show. You got a watch that you can show us? Oh, uh, I ain't even bring it with me. I ain't bring it with me. Uh, I'm I'm at a time in New Mexico right now. I ain't even bring it with me. So but, like, all right. So I'm gonna find. I'm gonna get the link because they email me all the time because I ain't got my watch yet. So they make sure they keep emailing me. They make some dope. They make some dope ass watches, and they're gonna be super unique because nobody else got them. Nobody else got these watches, bro. They cold, and they're not expensive at all. And it's a black-owned company. They're not that expensive. It's it's a it's a dope ass man. I guess what you're saying. Say it, bro. Vite London is the name of the company. It's V I T A E London.com. If you put my code in there, Domiti 10 or Demetti 10, if you knew me pre-2010. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Domiti 10, D-O-M-E-T-I-1-0 is the coupon code for 10% off. All that will be flashing up on the screen right now, and it'll also be in the comment section, and the link's just below. Uh, if you're watching this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it'll also be showing up on my retro links. You'll see that in the top right corner. So uh, for me, you guys already know, it's been a hectic week as far as keeping up with the election. Uh, shout out to the Identity Booth for breaking 400 comment record and also breaking the 1,000 threshold. We had our first 52-hour live stream doing this whole election. We had people come in, we had people leave out, and uh, it was really it was really impactful. This has been a heavy year. I had jello rice and fried rice every fucking morning. Just my comfort food. Oh, man. Comfort food, bro, because I was sad. It was some tough times going on, but uh, you know, as we always try to do this, the, uh, the, the Mail Book Club, the Books and Beyond, we try and uh, give you guys this, this peer into this space that black men share, and uh, as as the crew has said, you know, we should be doing this. Uh, you should be great. You shouldn't be hesitant to be your best version of yourself. And that's what we try and do here. We have the luxury of being able to read books that educate us. Uh, what do you guys have done? What have y'all have, what have y'all done for yourselves lately? Huh? Go go do something nice for yourself in this pandemic and after this election. Go enjoy your best Saturday or Sunday. What day is it? I got surgery tomorrow, Sunday. <laughs> it's Monday. All right, cool. But uh if anybody got anything else, man, we'll sign off or uh have a little post game. Uh, what, what we reading next week is uh, six to six to ten, six to six yep. to nine, six to ten. Yeah, six to ten. Yeah, I'm on my um Jeremiah shit. <laughs> 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 All right, then, fellas. I unless there's anything else, man. Oh no, no, it is, it is, it is just the four. It is just the four, six to nine. You don't want to do only eight. You don't want to do the four it's, for the last one. It's only eighteen. It's only eighteen chapters. So oh. that is six, seven, eight, nine. That is oh. four. All right, six. So I, was, I wasn't wrong. I'm good at math. I don't know why I second guess myself. Hey, no one <laughs> challenged you. I was just no one challenged you. I thought by real talk. I thought by now you would have read the whole goddamn book since you was being all proactive. Hey, why you bullshitting? I'm, I'm damn near done. So, but I didn't want to. <laughs> that's didn't why I was waiting for everything. I, yeah, hey, I, real I'm quick though. 
the book is actually on Spotify, so you guys can listen to the book on Spotify as well. I put the link in there too because that's where I found. You know, I'm always trying to bootleg something. That's just me though. <laughs> Y'all see, but I you gotta post that. that though. But you gotta post that though. Like when you find it cheap, because remember I said I wanted to do that for everybody who. Because there's people that don't want to buy the book or maybe can't afford it. Like, okay, uh, you know, no, no, I'll, I'll post that in the chat too and I'll post it up here. But I found it this morning because that's how I read That's how I read the book while I was doing my workout. I, I listened to the book while I was doing my workout. But uh, that's pretty much it for me, y'all, man. I appreciate y'all. Uh, like, man, this... Rob, like Rob did, I fucking went over the same, like, the same part a bunch of times because of it. And hey, that, so that first yeah. quote was fire. That first quote was fire. We damn this shit ended with that. Rob, do you got it one more time? Oh, I, I keep it. Uh, I'll end with the same quote I opened up with. Um, to handicap a student by teaching him that his black face is a curse and that his struggle to change and that his struggle to change his condition is hopeless is the worst sort of lynching. It kills one aspirations and dooms him to bad, a bondage and crime. 